everybody. Welcome to episode number 120 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. <laughs> as you may or may not be able to tell, my good people out in podcast land, we are in the midst of a very severe storm at the moment. Uh, there's tons of thunder, very uh, scary lightning, torrential downpours, and uh, there has been some power outages. So, Chris... I think, without further ado, <laughs> we have to get on with tonight's show. I mean, there is stuff happening all around me, and my only wish is that I had eyes in the back of my head, Chris. <laughs> well, certainly the stage is set for tonight's case. <laughs> Indeed it is. Speaking of having eyes in the back of your head, tonight, Chris, we are taking on the bizarre tale of uh, the one and only Mr. Edward Mordrake. Or, as you had informed me just moments ago, Chris, the name might be Edward Mordake. So we don't know. There are two variations, but a lot of the things I've seen have said Edward Mordrake. But Chris came out of left field and hit me with the fact that it may be Mordake. Now, pick your poison. It is what it is. But the name is the least of old Eddie's problems here, Chris. <laughs> well, there's certainly more to Edward than meets the eyes. You can say that again. Well, there's certainly... Oh! Holy shit! Yo, did you hear that? Shit. Dude, something struck. I did. Bro. It sounded like someone... That was close. Holy fuck. Hold on. Hold on, dude. That's right outside. That's right outside the BTZRF. Hold on. Fuck! <laughs> Yo. That hit something? I'm sure it must have hit something in the area. Whoa, uh, Chris, oh, uh... <laughs> Chris, I don't know if I'm going to keep this in uh, the episode. It might not make the final cut, but it definitely will be in the outtakes. I do believe, in my heart of hearts, oh my god, the lightning's coming back, that the BTCRF was just within striking distance of a very large and uh, dangerous bolt of lightning, I might add. <laughs> what bolt of lightning isn't dangerous, Chris, but please, the, the whole place rattled. I just heard that, and your uh, or your audio uh, briefly spiked when it hit, because uh, shortly after, I heard the crack. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe, we, <laughs> maybe our joke about uh, having eyes in the back of your head and uh, repeating uh, the skit four times uh, was just a sign from old Eddie to uh, move things along. So uh, we'll do just that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, we'll get right into tonight's tale, because tonight, Chris, we are discussing the very bizarre case of Edward Mordrake. Now, you may say, what's so bizarre about old Eddie here? Well, just as we had alluded to in the opening before I got struck by lightning, it seems that Edward was born in 1900s England, suffered from a rare... Disorder, I guess you would say, or maybe a, a disfigurement, for, for lack of a better phrase. Because it seems that Edward, who was a fine-looking gentleman, I might add, that is until you take into account the face on the back of his head. <laughs> That's right, Chris. Edward Mordrake was a seemingly normal-looking man until he turned around. Because once he turned around, that is when this second face which I might add, shared a set of ears with him, but had its own mouth, nose, and eyes. And it also had the ability to speak for itself. And uh, as the story goes, 
it seems that the face on the back of Edward's head was anything but kind to old Edward. Because it seems that the front of the face got all the looks and, and the back <laughs> was relegated to, uh, you know, being no more than a shriveled up little face on the back of his head. So uh, you could see that there might be a bit of jealousy there. But uh, we're going to get into all this and try to unravel as much as we can. So, Chris, why don't you lift the back of old Edward's hair here and uh, take us back to the beginning. Who was Edward Mordrake? Do you mean Edward Mordake? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are saying this guy's two-faced, Chris, so uh, we don't know. <laughs> no, come on, man. Please, who was he, Chris? <laughs> well, old Eddie here was born in the 19th century, uh, as you had mentioned, in England, was the heir to an English peerage. There is not a ton of other information on him, seeing as the uh, most curious part of Eddie here, uh, well, was the two heads. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it seems that whatever you may have uh, accomplished in your life is going to be kind of uh, put in the background uh, to the fact that you have two faces, one existing on the back of your head. That's going to kind of supersede everything, if you ask me, Chris. Well, it's actually funny you say that, because now you have to remember, in, in the olden days like that, this would be considered an omen of sorts, probably. If you literally had two faces, you probably were not trusted at all, I would, I would imagine. Not to mention... Obviously outcast, but this birth defect that Edward has here, uh, there's several potential uh, possibilities that they're called, but one of them here, which I think is the most eerie, especially in the description, is something called the craniopagus parasiticus, which is a parasitic twin head with an undeveloped body. There's no mistake in the fact that if you are to live your life with an additional head on your shoulders, it would cause issues for you uh, socially for the rest of your life. Yes, it absolutely would. And we come to find out that that's exactly what happened to old Eddie here. From all accounts, upon first look, he had everything going from him. Apparently, and you could probably hear the thunder, Chris. I mean, it is, it is, it is wild out here in the BTCRF. And I, I am not leaving this office until the storm blows through because on my way out here... There was lightning striking all over the place, and uh, here we go again. It might not be our best episode, but I think it might be our last, Chris, so please, let's just uh, keep moving forward. <laughs> but uh, let's get back to old Eddie here. Um, it seems that, uh, from all accounts, he had a lot going for him. He was uh, a scholar. He fancied himself somewhat of an artist. And from everything we hear, he was in fantastic physical condition, as well as being a strikingly handsome man. Unfortunately for Edward, there was that nagging little voice in the back of his head that kind of took all these great things that were going on in his life, rolled them up into a ball, and uh, flushed them down the drain. Uh, well, that is because this head uh, on the back of Edward's head uh, well, it wasn't the kindest of souls, and uh, when you have something there to remind you that it's there, well, it doesn't make your life easy, that's for sure. The fact that it's there to begin with is enough when it starts yapping away, and mind you, according to uh, the stories here, which uh, apparently there, there are some details that I'm going to read uh, from this thing called the Anomalies of Curiosities of Medicine, this head was apparently quite the chatterbox. I do not like that. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, 
you you could also I mean it was it was referred to as, as being wicked. I mean, uh, there's an excerpt here where it says that no voice was audible, but Mordrake avers that he was kept from his rest at night by the hateful whispers of his devil twin. What makes it even crazier is the fact that apparently Edward was the only one that could understand the voice coming from the second face. And he also apparently mentions that it never sleeps, but talks to me of such things as they only speak of in hell. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I said this to you before we started recording. I mean, to me, there seems to be an easy solution here. If Edward would just take some melatonin, right, and double his dose, and go to sleep tonight, laying on his back with the second face in the pillow, wouldn't that face then suffocate? Who knows? But can you imagine if it still can survive from the air he breathes into his body? Because that's viable, right? He's still providing oxygen. What an astute observation. Chris, I didn't even think about that. I'm, I'm thinking that this thing has its, <laughs> its own little esophagus and set of lungs back there. But you're right, he's probably just sharing everything with Edward. So even if he's being suffocated, he could still live on via Eddie's lungs. This is not good. Truly a frightening notion. But uh, Chris, there are different variations as to how this face actually looked, right? I mean, because there is no actual picture, real picture of Edward Mordrake. Everything that you see online is either an artist's rendering of him or something from a movie or a TV show, like we said. But there is speculation that, that the face was somewhat of a shrunken head. It looked very evil, looked very angry. But then there was uh, another variation that said, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, that the face was that of a beautiful young woman. I don't know, because the description of this beautiful girl was that it was lovely as a dream, but hideous as a devil. And uh, perhaps the devil part was its personality, but nonetheless... Well, that, sure would, that was... would be unfortunate to find a, a beautiful woman. Like, say you're... So, say Edward... And just stay with me here for a second, Chris. Say Edward <laughs> is walking down the street, okay? And you're behind him. And you see this beautiful woman. You want to go talk to her. You hit it off. <laughs> okay, Edward's busy doing, <laughs> Edward's busy doing something in, in the front, so he doesn't even realize what's happening. So you, you end up hitting it off with her. She's beautiful and everything else. But then you're, you're faced with the harsh reality that uh, there's nothing more there besides a beautiful face and Edward's... <laughs> Harry ass, Chris. <laughs> so you you are you are faced with quite the dilemma. Where are we going with this? <laughs> you meet the love of your life, <laughs> and then you are faced with Edward Mordrake's ass. This is terrible. <laughs> Chris, please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, please. It is five thousand degrees out here in the BTCRF. I've been struck by lightning already. There are God, there's a goddamn giant rodent roaming around outside the shed. I, I gotta get out of here. Please continue. Uh, face, face of a what was it? A face of a, a dream. What, what, what? Lovely as a dream, hideous as a devil. So tell us a little bit more about that, man. This is terrible. They say, although you, as you had mentioned, that, that that no voice from this additional head was audible. 
but apparently it showed every sign of intelligence, but of a malignant sort. And so... Like, now, like what? What does that mean, though? Like, it, it just can't verbalize, but it can move its eyes and mouth and all that stuff? Well, I, I think I think it could, it, it could talk, but maybe perhaps it wasn't audible to others. Like you had mentioned, perhaps he's the only one that can make out what this thing is saying. But it's funny because some people, or th- this article anyway, references to the fact that it, it had exhibited every sign of intelligence. So I don't know what would give that, you know, people the idea other than if Edward was saying that himself. One of the theories that someone came up with was that perhaps Edward Mordrake himself was schizophrenic. And if he was indeed suffering from this physical abnormality, perhaps it played such a role in who he was that he kind of developed it into being a character or a person in and of itself. So what I'm saying is that it wasn't really a functioning face or head or whatnot, but in his own head it was. Now, that's one theory, Chris, but I just thought of something else. I just thought of something else. So say this face was breathing on its own, the eyes were blinking, the mouth was moving, but it was inaudible to us or any other passerby. However, you would imagine that it would be sharing wavelengths, right, with Edward. So maybe he's understanding its thoughts. So we can't actually verbalize words as you and I would understand it, but Edward could indeed be understanding each and every word that second face and that thunder that you just heard in the background is trying to say, Chris. Well, you know, why? you know what? I say that, and I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. We're just going to have to deal with the thunder. There's, we can't control this. But uh, you know why I say that is because Edward's skull... Edward, calm down. Edward's skull is not abnormally large, if you ask me. I, I'm looking at... You know, the, these replicas that I made of him, it's not like it's two conjoined heads. I mean, this is one head with a little face and chin sticking out the back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting pretty We, 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 we got to wrap this thing up soon, Chris. Please, this is going to be a short episode. I'm leaving for vacation on Monday. I, I got to get this out of here. <laughs> the, the other thing, though, that is interesting, because while you said perhaps that this was a figment of his imagination um, in terms of him being schizophrenic, uh, he does apparently repeatedly beg doctors to remove this face, which they reply that they would ref- they refuse to attempt it. Not to mention that back then they probably thought touching the thing alone was enough to be, you know, to cause some sort of a curse on you. But they refused to actually try to do a surgery that would remove it from him. Well, so, uh, I mean, couldn't they have at least sewed the mouth shut? Well, so the eyes shut. <laughs> put a put a clothespin on the nose and just grow the hair long in the back. <laughs> As uh, I, I was telling you before, we don't know if this is actual true story. I mean, there are uh, those that believe that this is no more than an urban legend and the imagination of a um, of a, a writer who who first told the story. Or there's the other side that believes that this was indeed a true medical condition that had befallen Edward. So either way, we can't win here, Chris. <laughs> and so while uh, Edward is so many of these great things, I mean, he, he's got a, a, a real ear for music. Uh, <laughs> well, perhaps he's not the only one. <laughs> I would say he has four ears for music, but no, they share a set of ears. So he, he's got this love of music. He's a scholar. He, well with the exception of one little thing, has apparently this magnificent figure 
of almost they refer to him as a, you know an Antonus, which is like a, a Greek sort of I don't know if it was a an emperor of some sort or whatever, but basically saying that he had the body of almost like a Greek god, and then uh, a, a face to go with it, and uh, with one little tiny exception that basically keeps him from being this perfect being. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, Chris, but I would say that's a rather big <laughs> exception. <laughs> that's, that's a big no-no. I mean, I mean that, that's something that can really, I don't know, lower the property value, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> or it could be a deal breaker. I don't know what to tell you. Likely it was indeed, and uh, especially if the things mean, like you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to put myself in this scenario here. Like, say you meet someone you really like them, and they later reveal to you that they have this second face. I mean, they were keeping it maybe under a hat or their long hair, and <laughs> keeping the, the mouth duct taped. But uh, and then they finally reveal their true selves to you. I mean, how do you deal with that? I mean, if if they're not upfront. With you, I mean, it's got to be quite. Uh, it's got to be quite a roller coaster ride. Yeah, once you let that cat out of the bag, I mean, there's no going back. I mean, did did Billy Idol write this uh, "Eyes Without a Face" <laughs> about Edward Mordrake? <laughs> but like you had mentioned too, to me, the most frightening part about this thing, and if these accounts are true, is that this thing was pure evil. This part of the article where it mentions, you know, that this face, you know, on the back of his head is is, is that of a, of a malignant sort, that it would apparently be seen to smile and sneer as Mord- Mordek would be weeping. And so you just get this idea that this thing is just feeding off of the misery. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, uh, it looks like we're going to be falling victim to this too, Gris. <laughs> I will say... This perhaps is some sort of an omen here. We, we we seem to have no shortage of those when we do these recordings. Yes, but I have never seen weather this severe outside the BTCRF. It's a little unnerving. And perhaps all the little jokes I wrote down in my notebook here about uh, old Edward, because I thought this was an urban legend, uh, <laughs> is leading to this, uh, is acting as a catalyst to uh, these issues we're facing, Chris. So please continue so we can get the hell out of here. <laughs> To me, the, this frightening thought of having something attached to you, or, or as uh, apparently Edward say, knit to this fiend, you have no escape of, of being reminded that not only do you have this thing attached to you, but that it wants nothing but you to suffer. And there's no way to remove it. Yeah, I don't like that. It's You know, this is what people started building up this this theory of it being schizophrenia or a dual personality disorder of some sort is the fact that whenever Edward would show that he was upset, the face would be so happy that it was almost mocking Edward. And vice versa, if Edward was happy, the face would show great dismay, as if it was pissed off that Edward had a little bit of happiness in his life. As we dig a little deeper into the story, we find out that Edward became much more desperate as the days went on, as he was having more and more trouble accepting this deformity that he had. And he went so far, Chris, as to ask his doctors, and I quote here, I beg and beseech you to crush it out of human semblance, even if I die for it. So basically, 
Edward was begging them, please get rid of this face at any circumstance. I do not care if I die myself, but this face has to go. So he's saying if he dies, the face could possibly still live on. So the face has to be killed first, no matter what. But uh, to his dismay, Mordrake's doctors, Dr. Manvers and Treadwell, refused to do so. But nonetheless, imagine going through this torment and you can't find a goddamn doctor to help you. Unfortunately, the stakes get much larger here and uh, Edward's desperation grows to new heights, doesn't it? It does. And uh, we... Holy shit. You're right, and this, this you know, we, we find out that this request to these doctors was the last he'll make uh, because he manages to procure some poison, as they say in the article, whereof he died. But uh, he did leave a letter, and the letter was to the doctors, where he requests that this demon face might be destroyed before his burial, lest it continues its dreadful whisperings in my grave. That's terrible. I mean, can somebody just kill this face? Please, suffocate it. Put a piece of duct tape on its mouth. I mean, I, I would maybe have some, some shred of, you know, feeling sorry for the thing if it wasn't an, an evil, malignant, basically, tumor on the back of his head. It, it's doing nothing but trouble for him, but, you know, who I, knows? I would have uh, empathy for the thing until it started getting nasty with me. One snide comment and the thing's getting chopped off. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I would be hitting my head on the on the back of that. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's like, that. You know, that, it's funny you bring that up because now, who does that hurt? Are you hurting yourself more, or are you hurting the face more? You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you're hitting yourself on the back of the head, I mean, that that's a pretty sensitive area. I mean, this is like, but then, then in turn, you're hitting the thing right on the nose. So, I mean, basically, you can punch the nose. That's just as equally as sensitive. I think I would. Uh... I would take some of the pain to the back of the head just to knock that thing out. I mean, eat that, asshole. Like, just hit your head on the, on the, on the headboard of the bed. Everybody put this thing, you know, to rest. Uh, you forget that the thing's back and you scratch the back of your head and bite your finger. <laughs> so much terrible stuff can take place. But uh, let's go back for a second and, and examine this because... You know, a lot of people do believe that this is indeed nothing more than an urban legend. Because as you said, it had uh, made its way into the medical encyclopedia of anomalies and curiosities of medicine. But prior to that, Chris, the first known uh, description of Mordrake was found in an article in your favorite periodical, the Boston Post, in 1895. And that was written by Charles Lowton Hildreth. And get this, bud. He was a writer of the fictional variety. Right then and there, I mean, that gets uh, the old ball rolling for people thinking that, uh, you know, maybe Edward is nothing more than a figment of old Charlie's imagination. Even though he apparently tries to uh, corroborate the story by saying that he got this from old reports from the Royal Scientific Society, yet nothing could be found. So sorry. Yes, and I, I believe he had a little bit of wordplay there. He called it the Royal Scientific Society, where the actual name was Royal Society of London. So he was kind of like um, you know, playing a little bit of a game here. And what really makes me believe that he might have scribed Edward into existence is the, the fact that <laughs> in that very same article that mentions Edward, 
Charles writes of a number of cases that he refers to as human freaks. And I'm going to lay a couple on you now. One uh, that includes a woman who had the tail of a fish. And, I mean, that's not too crazy, a mermaid. I mean, we still get reports in modern day of there being sightings of mermaids. So we really don't know. Maybe there could be some abnormality there as well. So, uh, I mean, let's throw that one on the back burner for a second. However, old Charlie wrote of another tale about a man with the body of a spider. Now, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, we're starting to go a little bit, uh, we're starting to go a little bit off the deep end. I mean, although that does sound very horrifying, it sounds a little bit far-fetched. But this is when it really got me. A man who was half man, half crab. And then Charlie just throws in a case of old Edward Mordrake at the back end of this article. To me, I mean, we, we have the scientific evidence that there is a, a possibility of, of this taking place with a, a parasitic growth on the back of one's head. To me, once you start throwing in... <laughs> Uh, a spider with the face of a man and a half-man, half-crab individual roaming around, you start to lose credibility. Yeah, I, I'm not sure uh, these are, are possible. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound uh, right. I mean, I do believe that there could have been a second head or a second face on the back of Edward's skull. I just don't believe that it would be functioning. I think the possibility there would be that it would be an unformed, conjoined twin of some sort. I'm starting to believe that this is indeed an urban legend, Chris, and my reason here goes back to the 1896 medical encyclopedia, Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine, that you had mentioned, that was written by uh, none other than Dr. George Gold and Dr. David Pyle, and they included an account of Mordrake. But... It was later revealed to me, Chris, by a, a little whispering voice in the back of my head. Wikipedia. That, get this, the account in that medical encyclopedia was pulled word from word directly from the Boston Post article written by Charles Hildreth, that work of fiction. Can you believe it? They just copied <laughs> and pasted that article into the medical journal. I mean, uh, perhaps maybe they thought it would uh, gain some interest. Well, I mean, remember back then, too, if you read something, right? It's not like today where you can just share, oh, share, you share information all around. I mean, I'm sure in uh, 1896, you read this in a book. I mean, you're going to take that knowledge to the grave with you that uh, <laughs> Mordrick had two faces and there was a guy walking around with a crab body. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm telling you, man. You cannot have any sort of abnormality in those days because <laughs> you will be stricken you you will be something that emerged from the earth uh directly from hell yeah seriously or they'll throw you in a circus uh, sideshow act that's exactly what they would do you know if you're lucky to, yeah they would do with the midgets crazy oh and there's some and there's some more thunder in the background and i think uh this is the perfect time to wrap it up gris because i've had it for the night i am boiling alive out here in the btcrf uh, let me just ask you this, and uh, we can wrap it up. Judging by everything we spoke of tonight and all the information that we looked at, what says you? Do you think that Edward Mordrake did indeed exist? Do you believe that Edward was a real person who suffered from this abnormality, or do you think this is no more than an urban legend? Laid on the line for me, Chris, as the storms are rolling by with the lightning and thunder and a torrential downpour, 
We need to know. We don't, we, we don't care how poor the quality of this episode is. Please, we need to know. What do you think? What says you? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the, uh, the bush here. It, it's bullshit. It's, uh, it's fake. Oh, that is... That is <laughs> come on, man. This is BTC. We, 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 we like to keep uh, an even playing field. We like to go 50-50 on these things. Please. I mean, you dismissed it so quickly. I'm insulted. <laughs> uh, while, while the thought of it being real, it's, it's completely horrifying. It sounds like something that would come from Tales from the Crypt. You know, so I'm, I'm very happy to say that I, I think it's fake. Because if it was real, well, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think I'd be frightened at the, the, the possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, uh, and thank you for asking, Chris. Uh, although I did hear the little voice from the back of your head ask me, so uh, that's, that's enough for me. Uh, well, very I, kind soul, by the way. I do indeed think that this is nothing more than an urban legend, just due to the fact that it was written by a fictional writer in the Boston Post, and then from there, it was just copy and pasted into a medical encyclopedia without them doing any research of their own, Chris. I mean, talk about trusting the... Science? Damn! Oh, we're playing that game again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's but, for another episode. Yeah, yeah, man, I mean, this is 100% bullshit in my book. But, you know, unfortunately, we do know that there are abnormalities, such as the one you mentioned, uh, craniopagus parasiticus, where these things can actually take place. But the fact that this story just went a little bit too far with it being the evil twin that speaks, basically speaks in tongues in a language that only you could understand. So, I mean, I think it went a little bit too far. So I don't know what to tell you. I'm going with urban legend. I do not think that Edward Mordrake ever existed. Well, uh, it's settled then. We've solved another case. <laughs> I mean, we are 120 for <laughs> one 20. So, Chris, that's it. That is the case of Edward Mordrake. So, with all that said, Chris, let me give the rundown and we can finally get the hell out of here for the night. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on Facebook at the Between the Cracks podcast or Instagram, Between the Cracks podcast. Anywhere you go digging between some cracks, you can find Chris. And also, oh, Chris, I forgot to mention, the boys at BTC have a new Patreon. Sound fireworks. That's right. Allison has joined the BTC Patreon family. Thank you so very much for your support, Allison. Thank you very much. So, Chris, I think it's about time I make my escape from the BTCRF. With all that said, what do you say we wish to find, find people out in podcast land the fondest? Oh, a farewell.